God, um, we, as a species, have desired your peace for so long. We've longed for it. We come today desiring it and longing for it in our world, in our cities, in our homes, in ourselves. We thank you for sending your son, who is our peace. And as we explore your scriptures and promises of peace today, and proclamations of peace today, may the words of our mouths, the meditations of our hearts be pleasing unto you. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to stand with me. We're going to read a scripture passage together from the book of Isaiah. These are my new glasses. I I cautioned you a couple weeks ago about these. Um, That's all I'm going to say about that. Thank you, Gabe. Um, Isaiah chapter 11. You'll you'll recognize this passage. Um, I want you to hear it again, maybe again for the first time. A shoot will grow up from the stump of Jesse. A branch will sprout from his roots. The Lord's Spirit will rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of planning and strength, a spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in fearing the Lord. He won't judge by appearances, nor decide by hearsay. He will judge the needy with righteousness, decide with equity for those who suffer in the land. He'll strike the violent with the rod of his mouth. By the breath of his lips, he will kill the wicked. Righteousness will be the belt around his hips and faithfulness the belt around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. and The leopard will lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion will feed together and a little child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together. And a lion will eat straw like an ox. A nursing child will play over the snake's hole. Toddlers will reach right over the serpent's den. They won't harm or destroy anywhere on my holy mountain. The earth will surely be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, just as the water covers the sea. This is the word of the Lord. You may sit if you would like. Tis the season for Christmas movies. Um, turn to person right next to you and real quick, it's going to be quick. Favorite Christmas movie. Go. All right, let's hear some of them. What are your favorite Christmas movies out there? Sasha, we have Elf over here. I heard, I heard Elf peppered along here. Tell me about Elf, Sasha. Do you mind? It's funny. What's Elf's name? Buddy, right? 
All right, we're going to come back to Elf in a second. Let's hear any others. Favorite movies? What were they? Die Hard. Okay. Joel. Home Alone. Very good. What else? Any others? Yeah, Heather. Love Actually. Love. Oh, nice. Nice. Trisha. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, it is. Any others? Oh, yeah. Christmas Chronicles. I think we might have had that on the other night. Is that what you watched the other night? Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, Deborah. Polar Express. Very cool. Very cool. A couple more. Holiday Inn. Oh, I just didn't hear you. That's all. Yeah, Holiday Inn. Yeah, good. <clears throat> Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I heard a friend talking about Christmas movies the other day, and he said, um, he said there's really a couple, like, not, like, excluding, like, Hallmark Christmas movies, there's, like, there's, like, a couple of themes that a whole lot of great Christmas movies um, fall into, and um, the first, the first kind of Christmas movie is you have this central character who's just a little bit odd, who's a little bit strange, um, maybe comes from a different perspective, um, doesn't quite understand, quote, how the real world might work, um, and is just a bit of a misfit. Sometimes a child, sometimes childlike, but these characters come into the movie um, and they bring a whole new imagination to to the other characters in the story. And so we think of movies like Elf, right? Buddy, this, this person raised as an elf who clearly is not an elf um, and who enters back into the world to bring a message to his father of the real meaning of Christmas. And he just, in his odd kind of way, navigates the world in this beautiful um, beautiful way and story. Um, Miracle on 34th Street might uh, fit into this category. Um, there's, a, there's a story called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, maybe one of the originals, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a little shiny nose. If you ever saw it, you would even say, it glows. All of the other reindeers <laughs> used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Then there was this foggy Christmas night, and Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then all the reindeers loved him, and they shouted out with glee, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you'll go down in history, right? This odd character who comes and brings a new imagination. The other, the other kind of Christmas movies are the ones where there's someone, a central character, who actually is not a misfit at all, 
but is so wrapped up in the ways of the world, the ways of culture, that um, it's, it's, it's a bit um, in your face. And in these movies, generally, this character, in one way or another, gets woken up, if you will, um, and even has a heart change. Um, and so movies like It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey, um, not seeing the value of his life and has shown what it would be like if he wasn't there. Um, movies like The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Um, I've got some pictures here, actually. Um, goes through this change of heart. His heart grows, I think, if I remember right, right? And um, ends up saving Christmas, saving the, the, the presents at the end. Um, and maybe the, the epitome of them all, which I don't know that we even said, in The Christmas Carol, um, Ebenezer Scrooge, right? Um, not a misfit at all, but so caught up. You know, someday if historians look back at our time and they look at our Christmas movies to try to get a picture of who we are, um, which this is a season where we are at least sentimentally open to our deepest hopes and longings, um, they might look back at our time and say, oh, they, they hoped for something different. They hoped for something new. Their movies reveal this, and they hope that maybe someone, even a strange one, um, might come and lead them into it. Um, I found myself like even emotional singing that last song, Desire of Every Nation, the longings we have, humanity has had for newness. And today we celebrate um, the coming of one who is so much different than who we think we need. So much different than who we think might bring order and peace. Um, so much different than, than, than ways we might even today think it, it needs to happen. Um, Isaiah the heart of Isaiah 11 that we read has some of this, obviously. Um, this, this, this need for change and this promise of, of one who might come and bring about newness that is, is just wild. Um, Isaiah, um, the book of Isaiah is... is this conglomeration of writings that are all kind of leaning towards something that Isaiah had written, probably originally. And in our text, this image of a stump is given. This image of, like, nothing is coming from this. For the last eight months, we have had a stump in our front yard because a tree died and the city came out and cut it down. And on top of that stump is an orange cone. And we've got this orange cone in front of our house. I, they might have taken it because I finally called and asked them to remove it. But this stump, if you see a stump, there is nothing coming from a stump. 
And sometimes we feel that way, and sometimes we look at the world and we go, man, this, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I feel that way sometimes as I watch the news, as I see things happening in the world, as I look at my own life. Um, and the promise of Advent today and from Isaiah is that there is a shoot that comes from the stumps of our lives. There is a shoot that grows out of what seems like nothing could grow. There's a character who's a bit strange, who's much different than we might expect, who has come into the world and has left his spirit with us um, in our lives and in the ways that, that our lives feel like they're just, they're just a stump. Um, the uh, stories really shape us. That's why I bring up these movies. Um, and the, uh, the story of creation in the Bible, and I, I wish we had a little more time for this, but just suffice it to say, the story of the creation in the Bible, which is the story of the Jewish people that would be in their minds and would, would be the story of creation that Isaiah would be working with, is so much different than other creation stories. And our stories shape us and they, and they, they inform our, our ideas and our lives and the way we live in the world. And the story of creation is one where God, in God's love for the world, brought about what the, what the Hebrew scriptures call shalom. Brought about what the Hebrew scriptures, what we would translate as peace. And it's not just peace like an absent of, absence of violence, though that is certainly a part of it. Um, it's not just peace where there's ceasefire and everyone just kind of ignores each other. But the peace that we proclaim in this Advent season is one of wholeness and harmony and well-being. Um, our, our personal kind of mental state is a part of that, and it's also much bigger than that. Um, think about the Christmas puzzle that you might um, be making together. Or, ha or any puzzle, for that matter, that you've made before. And, and you get to the very end, and there's like one piece left. This is the imagery in this, in these, in this word. And sometimes you have a, a family member who will hide that piece, right? And it just like leaves you wanting to finish that thing. And then finally you find that last piece of the puzzle, and you put it in there. It's shalom. Peace. Um, and we've, we long for that, right? We long for the fullness of God's vision for creation. Um, Paul, in his writings, um, he writes, Christ is our peace. No doubt he looked at scriptures like the Isaiah one that we were reading. And he said, you know, Hezekiah wasn't the one. Zechariah wasn't the one. All the other rulers that have come, they weren't the one. But Paul writes, Christ is our peace. He made both Jews and Gentiles, again, that means everybody, into one group. With his body, he broke down the barrier of hatred that divided us. He canceled the detailed rules of the law. 
Skipping down, when he came, he announced the good news of peace to you who are far away from God and to those who are near. We both have access to the Father through Christ by the one Spirit. And Paul later, he talks about the gospel of peace, talks about the God of peace. He talks about Jesus as the Lord of peace. This is a really big deal for Paul in the New Testament. And he does this in proclaiming that this type of peace is here for us now. This type of peace, this wholeness, this well-being, this harmony in relationship to one another, we are invited to live into and work towards together this peace. Amen? Um, and as we go through this series on the fruit of the Spirit for the next couple of months, this is one of them, that when the Spirit of God is among us, peace is at hand. Um, the final puzzle piece, it's there. And we're invited to stop and to open ourselves up and to live into that. So a couple ways to live into that as we, as we wait for the kids to come back. I'm going to skip some stuff. Um, oh, here they are. Celebrate your baptism this Advent season. What are you willing to lay down in your own desires and wants for the world, for how Christmas should go with your family? <laughs> what are you willing to lay down that new life might be possible? Something to think about. Are we open to edifying one another so that peace might be real? Right? Peace takes a little bit of work. This, this Advent season, are you open to edifying one another? I looked that word up, and kids, it's an old word. In fact, all the usages were like way up here, and then the, the graph kind of went down like this as the years went on. So it's kind of a strange word. But it, it means like teach or inform or instruct. And so when your parents are trying to teach you things or talk to you about things, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to edify you. Um, and adults in the room, are we open to the edification of one another? Waging peace requires that. Um, finally, or no, not finally, two more. Another really strange word. This one will make some of us really uncomfortable. Consider this Advent season. Who would I allow to speak into my life and admonish me? What does that mean? That means to caution me about the way I'm living. To correct maybe behaviors or, or attitudes that I have. To wage peace means to allow people who love you and want to live into God's peace to caution us, to warn us, to change us. And finally, um, as we come to this table of reconciliation together, 
peace requires forgiveness. Um, and this is a, this is a huge concept that is grounded in the love of God. Um, but I wonder, I wonder this Advent season, as we think about peace and waging it together, are we willing to lean into forgiveness? Um, this week, or I, mean, I think it might have been next week, or last week, um, we were at home, and I don't remember what we were doing exactly, but the boys were kind of trying to figure out what they wanted to do, and um, Caleb just kind of out of nowhere, he said, hey guys, you want to go on a hike? Talking to Luke and Zach. And Ari and I kind of looked at each other and like, that's cool. Um, and so Zach passed, but Luke, Luke took, him, took him up on it. And the two of them and our dog Casey jumped in the car and drove up to one of the trails up here. I don't, which one did you go on, Luke? Clamshell? Back of Clamshell, I think it was. Or no, it was Chantry Flats, maybe. Yeah. Um, and they went on a hike with our dog. And they came back, and they were telling us all about it. Why do I, why do I tell you that story today? Um, peace is not the, just the absence of argument. Peace is opening ourselves up to cooperating with one another. It's playing freeze tag at the, at the Christmas tree lot. Um, it's inviting a loved one into an activity and into work. Um, let's wage peace together as a community. Um, and the only reason we can do it is because God has come. God has come as one who's a little bit different than what we might expect. Um, God has come to meet those of us who are so wrapped up in our culture and we just need a change of heart. And God has given us this community to learn how to live into that peace. Edify each other. Invite particular people in this group or, or, or somewhere to admonish you. Forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven us. Um, God's peace is here. Prince of Peace, God of Peace. We, we thank you that your desire for us is that of wholeness and harmony and love where, where pieces fit together in unity. God, we're not there yet, but we, we remember that you have come to do that work in us and in this world. And you've gifted us by your spirit and you've gifted us with ways of being together to move towards that. This Advent season, God, we pray for peace in our homes, peace in our hearts, peace in our world. And we pray, God, that you would make us peacemakers, um, children of you, um, in small 
and faithful ways as we move forward. So use this time, uh, this sacrament that you've given us, to do that work in and among us. We open up our hearts and our, our hands to receive the peace you have to offer. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen.